0: I have a couple of banter topics. Does anybody else have a banter topic?
1: Um, I have one, but it'll, it'll be like this long because, you know, uh, you guys don't watch it. What don't we watch? Stargate Universe. Do, are you going to complain about that being canceled, too? I am, actually. Can we talk about that and Thor at the same time? <laughs> you know, I'm keeping a list because when I see you guys in St. Louis, several of y'all will be beaten with a shoe. Just saying. <laughs> Oh, uh, sympathy for the weak. So, so really, your goal should be not to suck. That's uh, that is my goal.
2: It's about time you probably take that dick out of your mouth.
0: It is. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I'm sorry. I, you know, God. He goes to sleep with it's a little yeah. early, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan wants to eat his Fruit Loops. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm free now.
1: Paul All refers right. to him as his little Alabama sunshine. <laughs> Emphasis a little, yeah.
0: <laughs> Obviously, because I could still talk. Um, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons number two. I have been requested to speak on it.
1: Who has requested this? By who? What did your mom send you an email? Hey, on the show this week, Paul, could you write? Could you talk about D and D? We like it when you talk about the D and D book.
0: Yeah, right after the dick and fart jokes.
1: <laughs>
0: Love, mom. Actually, weird. No. This is today is the f- or this week was the first week in my life that I got an email from my mom. It freaked me out a little bit.
1: Was it a uh one of those forwarded emails, a joke, comedy, was that what it was, or was it no, a genuine no. email? You know It
0: was a genuine email about Christmas gifts. It oh. was literally the first email in my life I've ever received from my mother. <laughs> it if I was like, Whoa, whoa, she didn't just pick up a phone
1: and call me. Next she's gonna video chat you. Fuck that! <laughs> she gonna, does she finger you on tech t- on Facebook? <laughs> what? <laughs> she, does she finger you poke? Mean you poke? <laughs> <does> she, <laughs> finger you poke you? Whatever you you kids are referring to that these days?
0: No, no, uh, nobody fingers me on Facebook.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Will you heard him, fans? Please finger Paul on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Funny books with Aaron, Polly, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne.
3: And this is Tim.
1: Well, we are less than a week till Christmas Day. So, all you guys got your Christmas shopping done? No. <laughs> <laughs> Was
2: I
0: supposed to start already?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting most of mine today.
3: Today is the big day.
1: Yeah. I'm mostly done. I'm mostly done. I have a few odds and ends to pick up, but I'm mostly done. But I have to say, every year I more and more do the lion's share of my shopping online.
2: It's just not Christmas if I don't have to rush out to Walgreens because it's the only store open to buy a last-minute Christmas gift.
1: Here, honey. (laughs) Shaving cream.
2: (laughs) I was about to say, that's some shit Christmas gift. (laughs) And a bottle of NyQuil.
0: (laughs) The toilet (laughs) paper.
2: Walgreens has all kinds of interesting gifts that you can get. Never had to resort to shaving cream or anything. <laughs> you get, get like, you roughy, you get like slippers and fleeces
1: and little fountains that do water. A TV
0: a magazine. <laughs> <World> <laughs> <novel>. <laughs> well,
1: you know, they did used to sell those Spider-Man mangas there, so yeah, you, know, you get that. those there.
0: Have you guys heard about uh, this Do You Fear thing that Marvel's doing? I have not. Tell me about it. I don't it. know.
2: Is it on their website?
0: I uh, can't see it on their website because their <laughs> website still sucks. Fuck if I know. I never go to Marvel.com anymore. Um, this week, they released five teasers. Or I guess, as listen by the time listeners read this, last week, um, there were five teasers. And they started with Do You Fear? So the first one was Do You Fear Tomorrow? And it shows Spider-Man staring at a bunch of TVs. And it looks like everything in the world is going to shit. And the second one is, do you fear what you've become? And it shows Cyclops dressed as Magneto. Then there's, do you fear a loss of faith, which shows Captain America uh, standing over a shattered shield? (laughs) Do you fear losing control, which shows Hulk over like a bunch of battered and bruised uh, heroes? And then finally, do you fear family secrets, which shows um, Odin uh, standing over Thor? Apparently, these are all leading up to a big event that will be announced by Marvel via press conference at noon Eastern on um, December 21st, which I guess is Monday.
1: That's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah,
0: Tuesday. So I was reading some. Uh, I was reading uh, an interview with uh, a couple of Marvel editors who said that this is, you know, that they have decided that you know they took a year off from doing any big events. There were, it's not mine.
1: That, no, yeah, okay.
0: okay.
2: Doing their job. I guess Siege was just a minor thing then.
0: Well, they said they took a full year off. So I guess post-Siege, they have taken a year off, which we'll get to that in a second, a year off from doing big events. So this is going to be their big line-wide event um, that they're building up to for 2011. They said they figured it's long enough. People were complaining about event fatigue, fatigue and no one's complaining about that anymore. So they're ready for another line-wide event. Oh, God.
3: So what do you guys think about, about that? <laughs> I think
2: this is probably the super secret project they have their architects on.
3: Impossible Man many, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I, number one, I, I can't believe they, they have the temerity to say that, that, you know, that they haven't had any events. I mean, Chaos War is going on right now. And true, it's not hitting every book, but it sure is hitting a lot of them.
2: Yeah, Siege, Second Coming, Doom War, uh, Thanos Imperative... Um, Shadowland,
0: yeah, and um, Curse That's of the, the Mut- Curse
2: of the Vampires. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, is it just me? You know, Curse of the Mutants and um, Shadowland uh, alone each had as many tie-ins as C, and yeah. uh, Civil War and all of those. War so, of War Hulks. Yeah, so I mean, saying you've taken a year off, you know, I thought the whole point of the year off from big events was to take a full year off, but I figured they were just lying to us because every month there's a freaking event.
2: Yeah, and wasn't this whole year basically supposed to be the brand new, or what was it, the heroic age?
0: Yeah, and it never felt very heroic.
2: No, there was no break of events. Everything's still in an event.
0: Or building up to an event. I mean, obviously, there were things set in motion in both Avengers and New Avengers that were leading up to, some other big event. So it's not like they ever took a break. They just started the build up to the next big event.
1: You know, I I have to say, I think going into an event right now is a big mistake because they've got so many of their books are finally, you know, running at the right speed, like Amazing Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, uh, New Avengers. These books are all doing really well and their stories are contained within their titles. I hate to see that they're going to have an event come and derail some stuff. I think
2: they just decided they'd done a couple of issues of Thunderbolts without a uh, any guest star, so they had to go ahead and do a big event. Just
1: you mean you mean an issue of Thunderbolts without a guest star? <laughs> <laughs> I swear they, I mean, whatever the quality of the title is, I'm not reading the title. They just can't let this title stand on its own. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, that's distressing news, Paul. I'm I, I'm really not interested at all in another big event right now. I've been enjoying you know, my comics having their stories contained within their titles.
0: And uh, I think I've decided, I've definitely decided, any events from now on, I'm buying the core title only. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, we did good with Curse of the Mutants at the beginning because I really enjoyed the Mm tie-ins. But that was apparently a fluke because that never happens.
2: But, you know, Shadowland was just really the the epitome of it. You bought all of the tie-ins and you were raving mad about it. I didn't buy any of the tie-ins, and I just thought it was crap. There was no <laughs> raving here. <laughs> the, level, the level of distaste of it wasn't as high, because I didn't pay all that money for the
0: really bad tie-ins. Marvel is threatening to pee in her eggnog. Aaron had his eggnog, eggnog peed in a little bit this week.
1: I, you know, you come home from a long day at the office... And what's the first thing you see in your news feed but that one of your favorite shows has been canceled? And Stargate Universe got canceled this week, and I have hated every other series of Stargate. Finally, they run a a Stargate series that I think is worth a darn, that's got good acting, good writing, fantastic production values, and they cancel it. Stargate SG-1 runs for 27 years. Stargate Universe runs for two. I don't get it.
3: Stargate I ran for for ten seasons. I have them all on my shelf.
1: Okay, so <laughs>
3: close enough. 27, yeah,
1: twenty seven. Yeah, 2710 twenty seven ten. <laughs> they're 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 excruciating to watch, Tim. But they're uh, the
3: wives, they're not mine.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're the wives. That's also my wife's porn. That's not my porn.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and her copy of Beauty and the Beast on Blu-ray. <laughs>
3: If you look at the subscription to Playboy, it is actually in her name. So
1: <laughs> That is a that is a gentlemanly move, getting the subscription in your wife's name. <laughs> that is slick, Tim. <laughs> well, anyway, so I'm you just... You know,
2: Aaron, I think I want to make a list of shows I like so you can never watch them. Because if you
1: like it, it's going to be canceled. And that is clearly the case. Also, my presidential candidates almost never win. <laughs> I am often asked by the political parties to go join that guy's political party. So
3: I was going to say, can we get you a Palin 2012 sticker right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah. was politics. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm pretty bummed. I'm pretty bummed.
3: Oh,
0: poor Aaron.
1: Yeah.
0: At least you have Caprica to keep you, know.
1: <laughs> you know, Paul, Paul. I will beat you with a shoe. Just saying.
0: Yeah.
2: But
1: you can still read that Thor title. You know, <laughs> oh. look, I know I, I might not have these size 14 fucking wide shoes, Wayne, but I will come beat you with my eleven and a half wide. I'm not William <laughs> Paul with these strange little man feet. I've got the 11 and a halves. I'll get you.
3: The wee man feet. The wee man
1: feet. <laughs> Size six. I'm going
3: to feel really bad if he really is like a little person. <laughs> he's wee. <laughs> I can tell him he's going to hell. I we mean, prove that, theory.
1: This is his busy time of year, Paul, being an <laughs> elf at all.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the question to ask William Paul about his shoes is do they have that little curl on top with the jingle bell? <laughs>
3: Aaron's deflecting so we don't pick on him anymore.
1: (laughs) Somebody's under the bus and it might as well be a listener.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the beauty of recording.
1: (laughs) So, Paul, uh, apparently you finally got The Scourge.
0: Yeah, my my comic guy threw me under a bus this week. No, um, I was talking to him about the show. Uh, In fact, we were talking about a – Our show
1: or somebody else's like Cardboard Crack?
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) Who listens to that thing? Um, No. If you can't sleep.
0: (laughs) Well, we were talking about one of our listeners used to shop at this shop, um, local heroes in Norfolk. uh, And I'm going to say his name, Tom Norris. And apparently he disappeared off the face of the world. Uh-oh. off the face of the planet. Yeah. So we're all like very concerned about him. And so it, it started at that. And then he said, you know, I haven't heard your show in a while. And I was like, you probably don't want to listen to it because I, I say very bad things about you. And uh, <laughs> I okay. love the honesty. <laughs> and he said, like, what? And I said, well, I, I constantly make fun of you for trying to make me buy The Scourge. <laughs> that is awesome, Paul. <laughs> and so he said, you know what? fucking guy. He walks over to his shelf, he grabs the Scourge one and two, and he throws them in my bag. He didn't charge me for them. (laughs) He finally got them off his shelves. That is hysterical.
1: (laughs) You're getting the Scourge one way or the other. I'm not sure who won in that situation.
0: (laughs) I I should have waited until the miniseries was over to complain about it. That way, I could have gotten all four issues.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like the double Dutch rudder (laughs)
0: But you know, I, I read it this week and I didn't hate it. That's the sad thing.
3: <laughs>
0: it's actually—I mean, I wouldn't say it's. Are good. you gonna put number three on your poll just to fuck? It? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Even though he didn't order it, I'm gonna put it on my poll. That way, he has to order it. <laughs> um, that is awesome. And then I'm gonna put it back on the shelf.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> starts the whole oh, dance wow. again. <laughs>
0: Like, I, I wanted it, but I didn't expect you to charge me for it. It free.
1: <laughs> 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 That's great. Uh, and you know what else is great? Spider-Man what? number 650. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, I want to hear what Tim has to say. Because Tim bought it, and Tim wasn't too keen on the first two issues of the big-time storyline.
3: Uh, what do I have to say about this one? Uh, Book of the Week. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Listen, I I I still maintain that I'm not a big fan of the art style, but it, I can't even say it's bad art. It's just not the style I usually like. Uh huh. But the, the dance slot writing is just awesome.
1: Yes, it is. It's
3: Funny. It feels like Peter Parker, which we haven't seen in a lot of recent Spider-Man books. Um, you know, between this and new new Avengers, it's it's really you know hitting that that you know. Spider-Man, kosher for me. It's mm-hmm. funny in both books, and I, I love this book. I like what they're setting up. I I think that the you know the the villain a, villain angle is interesting, and uh, yeah, I'm on board. So there goes eight bucks a freaking month. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, why can't they steal an artist with an art style that I would like? Because well, I still can't get past the art style. And I flipped through, and this particular issue, I didn't get because. You know, one, I can't get past that art style. But two, it's yet another new costume for Spider Man. And that kind of annoyed me.
0: But you know, it makes sense in the context of the story. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a second. But I do want to say the artist does change every four issues. You know, they, they keep an artist on for a four issue storyline. And, you know, they have three alternating artists. So in next month. That's something the
2: that artist. amazes me. I know it changes. Yeah. But they've never changed to a style I like. Nothing crisp or clean. <laughs> I like nice, crisp, clean, superhero-looking books. Stuff like you know, Marcus Toe over in uh, Red Robin. We talk about his art all the time. That's the kind of thing I want to see in a superhero book, especially a Spider-Man. I mean, a Spider-Man is the epitome of superhero for Marvel. He should have a, cr- a crisp, clean, clear art image.
0: See, I got to say here, I disagree with you, because I love the art in this book. I thought it was dynamite. And I, the costume, I thought was—I I, love the new costume. I've been waiting for the premiere of this costume since I saw it in preview images. I think the new costume's freaking awesome.
1: Now, Paul, I do believe that his new costume is powered by goldanium. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I kept expecting, you know, "Gold-based technology powers go." But,
2: uh, That's the real reason I didn't pick up the issue. Yeah. I flipped through, and I didn't see that phrase.
3: Yeah, so, you must—you must have uh, must missed Felicia Hardy in a in a. A friggin' bathtub full of milk,
1: though, Wayne. I could, oh, if they awesome. could just put more Felicia Hardy in a bathtub full of milk in every issue, you got yourself a winner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> though I will say that the cat's licking, you know, <laughs> drinking the milk while she's in the bath is kind of skeeving me out a little bit. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs>
0: it didn't add to the fantasy, Aaron.
1: <laughs> That's correct. I, You know, I just – yeah. There is a an image in the book, you know, because Paul had remarked to me earlier in the week. He's like, man, you know, black cats never looked so good. But there is a scene with her where she is uh, perched on the roof and kind of that downward facing dog pose. And uh, her – it doesn't look she, she, like she's drawn right. You know, do, do you see what I'm, what I'm talking about? No,
0: I think that's perfectly okay with me.
1: I, I don't know. Her – it's it's like her breasts aren't right. I mean it just it's a very awkward uh pose. I'm very I'm very comfortable with her hindquarters the way that's depicted, but her chest and shoulders just looks kind of bizarre.
0: Aaron, we don't draw attention to her botched boob job. It's
1: just
0: <laughs> not <a headache. laughs> She's she's very very shy about that.
1: I uh I I'm digging the book. I really am. And you know, Tim, you said it you said it best that uh you know, Dan Slott's really giving you the Spider-Man that you're looking for. I, I just, I, this book is fantastic.
0: Did you catch the Spider-Man musical reference? I did not. When uh, they, when they find Peter Parker, uh, like naked in the lab. Oh, is that what he's singing? He's singing a song from the Spider-Man musical, and it says he's it, he says it's by Bono and the Edge or whatever.
1: Yeah, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how is that Spider-Man musical doing? I understand the uh, the first week didn't go so well.
0: Yeah, it's been delayed even more has it really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I I read a review on it I guess last week or so and uh they had all kinds of problems on their opening night with, you know, one of the actors just hanging suspended in the air, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm, I'm I would like to see it if it lasts that long. Huh. Uh, and you know, I'm not that's not to say that I hope it doesn't because, you know, but Broadway's kind of fickle. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wanted to see Lestat when it was on Broadway too and that didn't last long enough for me to see it. So, you know,
1: I, I hope they that it lasts long enough to make its money back, at least. Yeah. Well, I don't hold out much hope for that. As good as Amazing Spider-Man number 650 was, what if Spider-Man Grim Hunt had to have been awesome as well, right? This comic book hurt me in my chesticle. <laughs> Your <laughs> chesticle? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: there was a little tension in my chesticle when I this book.
2: I I enjoyed it, but I have no idea what happened in Grim Hunt. Like I picked it up thinking this was going to be a what if based on the original, uh, you know, Last Stand of Craven. So I I come in having no clue what this story is, and it was uh, very confusing. I never really did an adequate job of explaining what had happened.
0: All right, well, I read the original Grim Hunt, and here's my main qualm with this book besides it sucking. You know, at the end of Grim Hunt, Spider Man pauses before he's going to kill Craven the Hunter, and they show a glimpse of his future, right? What if he were to kill Craven the Hunter? And the glimpse of the future they show is entirely different than what I got in this book. So it, it kind of frustrated me because I expected to see more on that future, which you know, it Spider Man ends up becoming a murderer. He kills Doctor Octopus. He's outed from the New Avengers. He gets a new costume, that kind of thing. It, it was all very interesting. So that's why I was excited about this book, um, and that's not what we got here. We got something entirely different and entirely suck. I'm I'm kind of surprised to hear
1: that you liked it.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed although if I'd have read the original story and they actually presented a
1: possible future, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed off if this was nothing like it. I hated this thing from beginning to end. I, I thought this was a terrible number one, I thought the art was terrible. And the story it just it it didn't really uh, you know, tell an interesting story. I just it left me very, really flat. Um like Wayne, I didn't read Grim Hunt either, so I really, you know, didn't know much about that storyline, but wow, I thought I definitely agreed that
2: the art sucks. But I just assumed they were trying to copy the art in Amazing Spider-Man, which I also think sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> I kind of thought they were trying to copy the original art that I hated.
0: Now, I have to say, I totally recommend reading Grim Hunt. It's not the type of Spider-Man you're getting right now, so don't expect that. It's a very dark story, but I, I think it was a great storyline. So, you know... the. I, I just was very disappointed in this. It's nothing like what a, the to- type of story I got in that series.
2: So far for me, the what if this time around, we've had one really good issue, one utter crap. And for me, this one's in between. It wasn't, I enjoyed it. It wasn't great. It was confusing as hell to me because I didn't read the original story too. But overall it was, so far we're still not at a win or a loss for me for what if this year. Ah. We'll see what happens on what if 200.
0: Is that the next one?
2: I think it is. I think there's I, only one I think more what if, left. if
0: dark rain. There's what if dark rain and then what if two hundred.
2: The dark rain one looks really good. Yes. So it it'll probably be crap.
0: Yeah, I was about to say this one did too, Air oh, Wayne. <laughs> Air Wayne. I was gonna say, did you guys read Thunderbolts one fifty one this week? I did. I did. What did you guys think? It was uh it was different for me.
2: Was it different because it didn't have a guest star?
0: yeah actually there there wasn't it wasn't a crossover or a guest star or anything like that it was just kind of a done in one tale
1: i liked it i didn't know much about ghost before other than that you know previously he'd hated tony stark and was kind of against uh corporations and whatnot i thought it was actually a really cool story and i thought it was actually a little scary in that you know ghost didn't tell anybody about himself and he's telling Moonstone all this. And if I were Moonstone, I'd be a little freaked out by that.
3: I, I liked how every in the story, every time his name is referenced, it's it's, it's uh, redacted.
0: Yeah, like he didn't tell you know, it, like he was still holding that back. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, it was like I said, it was different because it wasn't. It wasn't even an all-action issue, you know, because even when it hasn't been involved in something else. It's been like lots of action and crazy stuff, and this was essentially just Ghost's origin tale, right? Um, which was more like a revenge tale, like Darkman or something. Mm-hmm. But um, I know I enjoyed it, and the art—I mean, I really like the art in this book.
1: So, I—I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Like you said, it was a done-in-one. Um, I think we found out a lot of cool information about Ghost. You know, I, I think his his origin is timely to our our current uh, socio economic climate, <laughs> and most of all, I'm thrilled with the teaser for next issue that Hyperion is going to be joining the team.
0: Yeah, I have a question on that. Yeah, who's Hyperion?
1: Hyperion is the Superman like character from the Squadron Supreme.
0: But I thought that was a different universe.
1: Are well, they in the they're, Marvel they're, Universe now? there's a Squadron Supreme in the Marvel Universe, and then there's also the Max Squadron Supreme. Yeah, the one in the Marvel Universe doesn't seem nearly as powerful as the one in the Max. Right. But it is still insanely powerful. But what I didn't know is – I didn't know that Hyperion was like under arrest or you know in prison or something where he'd qualify. He's considered a villain. Oh, is he? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, the
2: whole group was basically put together copying another universe's powers. And they're all considered villains. (laughs) The only one that kind of gets away from that is uh, Nighthawk, who spent the time in the uh, Defenders and things like that.
1: I I was unaware. Now you know, Aaron. Now now you know. And and knowing we half the battle. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I'm excited about that. You know, I enjoyed that Squadron Supreme miniseries. From uh, back in the '80s, and you know, kind of dig Hyperion. Sometimes when the right writer's working on them, and with uh, you know Jeff Parker working on this series, I- I'm excited to see what they do with them.
0: I'm not as excited as you, Aaron. I'm just not. I don't feel the excitement.
1: Well, maybe <laughs> if maybe if you had spent a little bit more time at Avengers Academy, you would feel that excitement.
0: Did, did, would Avengers Academy make me tingle down there?
1: Down there in in your wee parts. In <laughs> my leprechaun parts.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, Paul's not an Avengers Academy reader, but uh, Wayne and Tim and I, we all know about how cool Avengers Academy is.
3: Well, uh, it was. this was a, a tale, basically, this was a Hank Pym tale, as you could tell from the cover. Um, it kind of dealt with him coming to grips with you know, maybe why he took different personas all the time. You know, and it was kind of a self-realization. It's like, you know, every time something kind of bad happened, I I, ch- I changed my uh, persona. So I was Yellow Jacket for this reason, and then I was Dr. Pym for this reason. You know, it was kind of cool to see that. It was cool to see his uh, conversation with Tiger about their, their kid, which I thought was actually his, but it apparently... It's just genetically his.
1: Right. Which is the, kinda weird. The scroll impersonator of Hank Pym's uh, you know, baby. Does, does that hold up in court if it really was a scroll version of you?
2: <laughs> if it passes the genetic test, I think you still <laughs> might owe help yeah, you know, support. That
3: would be tough to prove. <laughs> Impossible to prove. Um uh, the other thing I I I, I liked about the, the Hank Pym tale was him coming to grips with the fact that he can be both a superhero and a scientist. Yeah. And it looks like he's finally embraced the one part of his personas that he felt was truly him, mm-hmm. which was Giant Man. So that was kind of cool to see.
1: I uh, I got really jazzed when I was reading this. Um, they're flashing back, and it flashes back just one panel of uh, one of my favorite Avengers story, uh, which was the Korvac saga. And, you know, it just has, you know, just just a simple image of Yellow Jacket, you know, firing one of his little energy blasts at Korvac. Uh, and then I read on Twitter today that Christus Gage is writing a Korvac story for Avengers Academy. I think it's going to start like in issue 11. So I am really jazzed about that. Wow. I actually am
2: excited about that, too.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 semi hard right now. Uh, it's it's just uh, it's good stuff.
2: I have to say, for me, I think this was the weakest issue of the series so far. The all the stuff with him, I agree. I enjoyed everything everyone else said about uh, basically finding out just how mentally weak he really is and dealing with his issues. What I hated was how he beat
1: absorbing him. Yeah, you know, growing up, uh, growing out of the universe. Yeah,
2: growing so big that you're outside the universe, and here's all these otherworldly beings that his mind can't handle. Really, all you have to do is grow really big. Aren't you going to crush stuff as you start growing really big? Is that the only thing to be considered to be, you know, an abstract entity is just get really big?
1: No, you just have to, it's it's a size, uh, you got to be this tall to ride this ride, you know.
2: I thought that was a really lame way to defeat the villain.
3: He went from size 6 feet to size 14 triply wide. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was my big complaint i thought that was a really lame way to beat the villain well i what did you what did you think about the uh, last page where uh the member of the team sneaks in there and turns on the monitor to to see the jan and the other universe See, i thought that was great especially because it's her i mean she's losing her form as
2: it is mm-hmm. and the, the kind of thing he's using to keep jan together she's probably thinking that something like that could keep her together
1: and what is that character's name? Rappy Girl.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's Rappy Girl. I wanna say her character I wanna say
2: her code name is missed, but that's probably not it. I gotta say I am horrible with the character names in this book and I'm not sure why. I mean I've been on since the first issue and I love the title, but I can't remember any of their code names. Vail. What? Vail. Her name is Vale. Vale. That's right. Okay. Uh
3: <laughs> I, I, honestly, the reason I get it isn't for the kids for the most part, it's for the teachers that that's kind of the bigger draw to me like I don't mind the kids. It's kind of cool to see them develop, but i i like I like seeing the teachers' interactions more.
2: see, I guess say finesse is one of the coolest characters I've seen created in a long time. that's the uh the girl they've hinted might be the daughter of uh taskmaster
1: now, I do feel like several pages were written and drawn just for Jonathan Landreth. You know, the Tigra pages. <laughs> I could feel him screaming as I read every single page. And I have to say, it's a good feeling. Yeah, Avengers Academy, I'm really looking forward to that Corvac story. None of I them are. are. <laughs> yeah, but are
3: you looking forward to some more Green Arrow, Green Lantern action?
1: Green Lantern 60 and Green Lantern Emerald War- Warriors number 5 I thought were huge disappointments this week.
3: I, I, each one
1: disappointed me as much as the other. I did not enjoy either of those books. Talk amongst yourselves.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm getting sick of this at this point.
1: Of me? Um, was that, was yeah. is that a jab? I'm, at I'm getting
0: sick of Aaron. Aaron, you're fired. <laughs> it's going to be funny books with Paul, Wayne, and Tim. No, um, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm just. I'm getting tired of this. I'm, I think I'm getting Green Lantern overload. Maybe is is what it is. I just. I mean, we talked about this a little bit with the last issue. It just. The titles feel a little bit interchangeable. I'm a little confused about what's going – it it just – they all kind of run together to me, and none of them feel like entirely – none of them feel like they're excelling in storytelling.
1: Okay, well, let, let me tell you something that bothered me, okay? Let me flip to the pages. In Green Lantern number 60, Hal's inner dialogue says, six weeks ago, the darkness gained sentience. It called itself Necron. And, of course, you know he talks about Blackest Night. So in issue five of Green Lantern, Emerald Warriors, Guy is explaining how he started working uh, with the Red Lanterns. And his internal dialogue says, for a few months I was having nightmares on a regular basis after I was a Red Lantern. When was he a Red Lantern? In Blackest Night. Mm-hmm. Which Hal says happened six weeks ago. Guy says he's been having nightmares since Blackest Night for several months. I think I see the problem. I think they hired some of Marvel's editors. I, it just, <laughs> and these two stories are happening concurrently. They've already established that. It, it bugs me. But that wasn't the reason why I found the book disappointing. <laughs> I
3: was about
0: to say, Aaron, really, was that the reason you found the book inter- no, disappointing?
1: No, it was not the reason. I just felt like, number one, I am so sick of reading parallax stories. Um, I just did not care for it. Um, and the Doug Mankey, this is the first time I wasn't happy with the Doug Mankey pencils because I felt like he was trying to draw too much like Ethan Van Skyver on the parallax panels. And I just I don't care for that for for the way uh, Van skyver draws any of that stuff um, and so that bugged me and I just these things are dragging on too freaking long you know I mean we're in issue five of Emerald Warriors and this we haven't gotten to any of the good stuff yet as, as far as the story but this is the I've enjoyed issues one through four very much and we've said that on this show I just felt like number five didn't do much so I was anyway, just disappointed about them
3: I didn't. I didn't mind it. Maybe it's because I'm not getting the other book, but I. I agree. This was one. Of, this was the weaker of the four, or you know, the, of the past, you know, five issues for certain. But I thought it was interesting to, uh, you know, to see that basically the the of all those Green Lantern youngins, um, because the the you know the main bad guy has that much mental power over them. I thought it was cool to see Kilowog freaking out because you know he trained he trained everybody. Mm-hmm. So all these people that you know everybody else is like, oh, that's just some asshat with a with a ring. He got to know those people, so it was kind of cool to see that. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of annoyed that they travel all this way into space to, for a reason, and it's like, oh crap, we got to go back to Earth now. That was the part that I was like, really yeah or can't you can't you have your own story and do what you were you know setting out to do originally
0: you know i, I don't I, I feel like brightest day is being dragged out longer than it should be that's yeah. i I think that's what's frustrating me. I feel like brightest Day is being dragged out. I know it's building up to the war of the green Lantern, so we get yet another crossover um, you know, and I just don't get me wrong, I don't hate the books I'm just I don't know. I think I'm just wearing down on them. You know, yeah. it would be nice, you know, Green Lantern has kind of been building up to something since issue one. And then, you know, we we knew it was building up to Blackest Night. And then, you know, now it's building up again. And it would be nice for Green Lantern to not constantly be building up to something. Right. You know, it, it's not a finite book. It is, you know, but it's written as such. And I just, you know, yeah, I I, 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 there's a place for that kind of storytelling, but it'd be nice to take a little break from it, yeah, for a little bit, because I, I just, you, I feel, and and Tim obviously disagrees because he's only reading one of them, but I feel like you have to read all the books to fully get the story,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, or else at the end I'm going to be confused as to what exactly happened where. But I, I just that's
2: assuming there's ever going to be an end. It sounds like these titles, and it's one of the reasons I jumped off of them. They're just blue ball books. You read it, and it's, it's teasing you. It's teasing you. It's teasing you. You never get to the payoff. You think you're at the payoff, but then it just doesn't quite make it there, and it starts teasing you for the next thing. There's never any end to any of the
1: stories.
3: And you paid the full three hundred dollars by that point. You should get your ending.
1: You're just telling Jeff Johns, "Yo, come on, Jeff, don't be stingy. Come on, give me some of that good loving. You know I'm hurting." <laughs> and
0: now you know why jeff johns won't guess her on our show
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was one page that i liked <laughs> in uh, green lantern number 60 and that was the very last page with the uh, chrono reveal i thought that was kind of cool
0: yeah i thought that was interesting um i, I thought that was a pretty good reveal
1: I, I didn't expect it no i i didn't either and you know i've, I've always kind of wondered what happened to that guy so uh you know i that, that i think that's interesting But other than that, I was disappointed in these books. You know what book wouldn't disappoint you, Aaron? When you drop Green
0: Lantern and Green Lantern Corps and Green Lantern Emerald Warriors from your pull list, you should add Dungeons and Dragons from IDW. Really? This book is freaking awesome. If it wasn't for Spider-Man, this would have been my book of the week. Um, It's written by John Rogers, who's the, uh, I guess, creator of the TV show Leverage. I don't watch it, but
1: I know people do. Leverage is an awesome show. Um
0: and it's written like a modern like television show with like an ensemble cast. You know, I I, I was worried about D D and we talked about a little bit about this with the Zero issue. Um, you know, because you, you kinda of get the fantasy cliches. I mean, you look at the group, you've got the Han Solo type, you've got the elf, you've got the dwarf, the thief, the magician, you know, you've got all that stuff. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I've seen that a billion times before. But it's not written like that. You don't get the old speak. They speak, you know, in modern tongue. You know, they don't get lost in the D and D rules. It's just a fun adventure, um, you know, type type storyline. And I'm really, really enjoying it. I highly recommend picking it up.
3: You know, that was my main concern was the campy, stereotypical ensemble that was in Zero. So you're saying it's different in the, in the first couple issues that you've read?
0: It's the same ensemble cast. You know, you get the same cast, but they're not written as clichés.
3: You know, it... it, I was just going to say, that seems strange that then they they wrote the issue zero very much clichéd.
0: Well, I think they wrote the issue zero to bring people into the story, you know, bring D&D fans into the story. But the actual storyline is written just, it's written really well. You know, there's a ton of humor. I mean, I think, honestly, I think, Tim, you'd get a, a kick out of this book. I think there are Ton of good one-liners. You know, it's exactly what you would expect from a you know like a crime heist TV show. Um, it's what or what I guess you probably get from a show like *Leverage*, where you get you know the cast of characters. There's a lot of danger, but there's a ton of humor too um, to it. I, I just, it, it's really a great read. I highly recommend it. Um, you know, the, the last page, and I don't know if this will translate well. But you know he he challenges an orc to battle. I'm assuming it's an orc, yeah, an orc. But the orc gets to choose the weapon, and you know the orc says, "Okay, choose the weapon." Ever? (laughs) Yeah. And he said, and now the orc goes, "Groon," that's his name. Groon, choose weapons. No sword. And the guy's like, "All right, no problem. I know how to use orc weapons." And so, but the orc goes, "Groon, choose rock." And the guy's like, "A rock's not a weapon." And then he gets the hell beat out of him by by the orc with the rock, and the guy goes, "Not going to lie to you, this guy is very talented with the rock." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's got a bunch of good one-liners like that. It's it's a really enjoyable book. Um, very different than what I expected because I don't read a lot of fantasy titles because I, I don't. As much as I enjoy fantasy, you know, you, you get a little overloaded on the the medieval speak and the cliches and everything. Um, and I think the cliches here are more in the selection of the type of characters, um, but I think they did that to get to bring people into the book. But it's not written like other fantasy books or you know titles. So you know it, it's nice to to see that change in pacing.
3: You have me intrigued, Mr. Aponte.
0: I recommend it. Pick it up. Thank me later. Don't boss us, Paul. I already I already did. Don't do it. it. It's on record, Paul. <laughs> said buy it. Paul also says you should buy Velocity number three.
2: Which Aaron hasn't read yet, so let's start right off with a spoiler. Wolverine's on the first page, first panel.
0: No!
3: Ooh <laughs> <laughs> I did not get a better laugh than when I looked at Velocity three this week. So good.
2: <laughs> I absolutely love that first page that uh the Wolverine joke right there in the beginning was just great.
3: It's just it's just a phenomenal book. It, yeah. it has all the all the fast paced action that you would get, um, you know, in a flash book with a lot of humor. It, it's just, uh, and she's just drawn so beautifully. I, I love this book.
2: Yeah, she's much better to look at than Flash. If someone's going to be in right. skin tight spandex, it should be a female character.
3: Fair enough. <laughs> Paul, what did you think?
0: I loved it. Um, Now, it's hard to talk about what I loved most about this book without going into that spoiler territory. So, you know, I'm going to spoil the ending here. So spoiler warnings on. Velocity gets her head cut off at the end of this book, and I did not see that coming. I'm still debating if it's
2: really her because there's a Velocity robot at every one of these sites. And I'm wondering if this robot cut off the other robot's head instead of hers, and that's how they'll get around it. Maybe. If not, the it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do.
0: Well yeah, but look but the if
3: dialogue can... followed her.
0: Yeah, you and know? and I'm looking at the cover for the next issue and it looks like maybe she gets she gets made into a robot. If you look at the cover it shows the robot head. Maybe yeah. she
1: turns into Franken <laughs> <laughs> <Freaking laughs> Velocity. Franken
3: Velocity
1: okay, okay, Aaron, I think you just got your revenge
2: for all of our harassing you about <laughs> the, look, look, the There
3: There's certain things that need to stay real. Okay, we need we need certain things organic. Okay, well, I shouldn't have to spell this out to you, people. So.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 still a, a great book. I mean, I the the art is gorgeous. You know, it, it, they really capture that sense of speed. Uh, Kenneth Roquefort. and uh, I don't know if he has an anchor. I should probably have looked at that. But um, the art team, uh, well, line art by Kenneth Roquefort. Colors by Sunny Go of IFS, but um, it's just a beautiful book, and uh, I, I, I guess it's only four issues. I knew it was a miniseries, but I thought it was six. But the the cover for number four says "Finish Line," so maybe it's only a four issue series.
2: Yeah, I you know, thought it was they, four issues.
0: Yeah, if they made this an ongoing, I would I'd be down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I you know I hope this series does well enough that they bring it as a as an ongoing, and it seems like the issues are. You know, have been coming out timely, and you know it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of delays. Which, you know, I'm surprised because you know there's so much going on in the art.
3: Yeah, and I, I think this is my favorite top comic book coming out.
2: Even if it did have Wolverine in it, <laughs> <Right. 'Cause
3: laughs> it's like the
0: everything. '90s all over again. <laughs> 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 uh,
3: well, just despite my objections, some people refuse to use the milk carton test on this podcast. I am shamed, and I – Paul, Aaron, you can explain yourselves because I I refuse to talk about it
1: anymore. I don't have to explain myself. Uh, The Mouse Guard, uh, the Black Axe, rocked. Um, You know, these guys totally passed the milk carton test because, as I've said before, they're tool users. They'll carve that milk carton up.
2: You know what test they can't pass? The not selling out at either of my comic book shops test. Did it sell out? Yeah, I didn't
1: manage to get the first issue. It is a beautiful book. It, it is, is. a beautiful book. I mean, from beginning to end, uh, Dave Peterson's uh, pens and inks are just stunning. There is a full page of these weasels, the bad guys in this book, um, attacking uh, a a blackbird or a crow, and it, it's just an amazing picture, and he, he – he draws so much emotion from you know the mice and from the weasels and even this bird. Uh I, I just I, I'm amazed at, at how evocative he is in, in in his artwork. It is it is really fantastic. And I'm very engaged in this story. I dug it from page one I was in. Even though I was trying to figure out what in the hell a Frostic was <laughs> I don't know,
0: (laughs) but I I loved it, you know, and Wayne, I I, I hate to I because I know comics survive primarily on the sales of floppies to a certain extent, but I wouldn't feel so horrible missing out on the single issues of this because I think this is going to read even better as a book. Oh, I would.
2: Yeah. And so far, I have never picked up a single issue of Mouse Guard. It's always been trade. So,
0: and I think a lot of people read Mouse Guard in that way. Right. Um because it it, it lends itself to, you know, th- that type of storytelling, but I uh, I'm impatient. And so I buy it on a or you know, buy monthly or whenever it's released basis. But I loved it. I I thought it was a fantastic book. I thought it was a very interesting way to start the story. Yeah. And it's a prequel. Um to a character introduced in the other Mouse Guard stories, the Black Axe, and right. I guess it's his origin story, but it's it's really very interesting and very action packed, and you know, kind of scary. I would, you know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily all ages appropriate.
3: You know, a lot of a lot of people also enjoy Mouse Guard when they uh, induce hallucinating mushrooms as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there the. Uh, character who flies you know to meet uh you know the 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 guy who we presume will be the black axe one day you know she flies on this crow and the crow winds up on the uh the wrong end of a pack of weasels there is this this page where the crow is just getting laid into by weasels and this is i think is where paul's saying that it's not an all-ages friendly book he uh the, the the narrative is you know at that time uh I I could speak to a few other beasts and you know this other character who rode the 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 crow could and he says she could understand every word that crow screamed i did not envy knowing the true the uh, true words of a beast that blames you for its death i uh I, I it was so well done i mean these pages are beautiful the story is fantastic and again i am all in for this one
0: now my only qualm I understand that they were trying to do the writing as if the uh, the text as if he was writing in his uh, journal.
1: Kellanau was writing in his journal. Yeah,
0: I found the text a little hard to read.
1: I th- I thought that the are you talking about the pencil the uh, the actual lettering? The actual lettering. I'm yeah, sorry. I yes. found I found that to be hard to read as well. In fact, uh, you know, I was two beers in, two very tall beers in. When I was reading this and I was like, man, is it that my is my vision blurring <laughs> or or is it that it's so hard to read? And so I went back and I looked at it again this morning. And, yeah, it is. The, the, I, the lettering is actually a little difficult to read in, yeah, in places. I,
0: you know, and I, I understand the choice artistically. But yeah. as far as, you know, uh, readability, I think it's, it's not very good, especially, yeah. you know, the, the text, the speaking um, text. Perfect. You know, yeah. I can read it. It's perfect, the lettering. But um, as far as the actual narration, it was it was just a little hard for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'm,
0: you know, I've got good eyesight. It, it, it's just hard to read.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wasn't drunk. It's just hard to read.
1: <laughs> no, I agree. Like the, the, you know, that outpost that he builds that he calls Frostic. I was like, is that frosty? Is that an e or is that a c? What is that? You know. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think the lettering was a little, di- little more, more difficult than it needed to be.
0: But you know what wasn't hard to read, Aaron? What's that, Paul? Atomic Robo and the Deadly Art of Science Number 2.
2: And you know what it had that uh, Mouse Guard didn't, even though I didn't get a chance to read Mouse Guard? I'm pretty sure Mouse Guard didn't have vampire monsters from another universe.
1: Not yet. But anymore. maybe an Issue 2. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, Issue 2 of this
2: was actually even better than the first one.
0: Yeah, I, I will say Issue 2 was actually stronger than Issue 1, because Issue 1, you know, we, we, we said we liked it, um, but it was it was a weaker start than some of the other series, but Issue 2 definitely picked up the action, and, you know, it, it, it. I know I can see where the series is going now, and I like how it ties into some of the things we've seen in previous series as well.
2: Yeah, I kind of like that this is a prequel to not just one of the other series, but multiple ones, and we're seeing him before he became a big adventurer, and How obnoxious he is trying to become an adventurer.
0: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, if you're not reading Atomic Robo, but at this point, it's kind of pointless to tell you to read it. But if and if you're reading it, you're already a a convert. But I mean, it's such a great read every month or whenever it comes out. That you know, if and this one is definitely appeals to fans of like pulp, because you've got that pulp type hero who's kind of like the shadow.
2: And I'm not a big fan of Pulp, but I still – I'm really on board after this issue. I said I was kind of iffy on the first. I enjoyed it, but –
0: It wasn't quite as good as Discouraged number two, but uh, (laughs) Atomic Robo and the Deadly Art of Science number two. Definitely worth picking up.
2: I'm sure it was no Stargate Universe
1: because it's still in print. Oh. You know, I don't know why you guys have to be this way. You know, this is the season for, you know – love and and peace among men. I I don't get this. Why you got to be that way?
3: Don't throw me under the bus. I've been nice today.
1: Strangely enough.
3: There's (laughs) something wrong
2: with Tim. (laughs) I think Tim's possessed. Someone needs to put him down. Do it. (laughs) Do
1: it. Do it. Tim's head got cut off.
3: I'd I'd respect (laughs) that decision.
1: (laughs) Frank and Tim. Sorry to go, but (laughs) I I respect your actions. (laughs) Hey, have any of you guys uh, gone to see Tron yet? I did. I saw it last night. Was it good? Not it yet. Awesome. Oh, that's what I wanted to hear. I don't even yeah. get to go until Tuesday. Oh, poor Aaron. I know. It's not right. Yeah, but
0: I would definitely recommend it. And I, it's kind of funny because I saw the first drawn on Thursday night. Cause oh, I, were you I, I, I don't know if I'd never, never seen work? it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd never seen it or if I just couldn't remember it. Yeah. But I got to say, I, I, I did not care for it. Really? I did not care wow. for the original Tron. I love that movie. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: You know, that was the that was the very <laughs> first movie that I took, I took my dad to go see that. I I bought my dad's ticket with my with my own allowance dollars. I bought my dad's ticket.
2: I don't think I've ever taken my dad to a movie, but I am this week. Not Tron, but uh True Grit comes out too. And he was
1: a huge he's a huge John Wayne fan, so And how does is- he feel about a the uh, you know, reimagining of True Grit? True Grit. Well, he likes the actors in
2: it. My, mm-hmm. I showed him the trailers and he said it looked interesting. So we're going to find out when I take him.
0: All right. You should take him to see Tron, too. You can have a, a Jeff Bridges double feature.
1: <laughs> Tron, Tron
0: Grit. Tron Grit. <laughs>
2: Jesus. Gritty Tron. That sounds like a Transformer. True Tron. Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, I, I loved I loved the new movie. It's uh, I saw it in IMAX 3D, and I got to tell you. There's no other way to see it. I mean, there are other ways to see it, but I would not <laughs> recommend seeing it any other way. Um, it's just amazing to see in IMAX 3D.
1: I plan on seeing it with my eyes, Paul. <laughs> That's how I plan on seeing it.
0: Not with your eyes. If ass. you are
1: seeing it another way, Paul's going to drive over there and beat you for it.
0: <laughs> I will. I will. But you know what? This is the last week before Christmas. Yes. And for those of you who celebrate Christmas, there is no greater gift... And giving them a copy of the Waking Trade paperback from Xenoscope Books. And I'll tell you why. Ideology of Men this is quoted on the back cover. Bam. Buy it.
1: That is the reason to buy that book.
0: <laughs> Regardless of the interior, Ideology of Men is quoted on the back cover.
1: And what's our quote on the back cover, Paul? Is it, hey, we're on the back cover? (laughs)
0: cover. (laughs) uh, (laughs) That'll be the quote for the next trade. We were on the back cover of The Waking. That'll be on The Waking Volume (laughs) 2.
3: I love it. Uh, I'd rather have the Aaron head yuck comment on the back cover. (laughs) It's on that one. Tim, spoiler. On it, <laughs>
2: you know, I have to say, if I picked up a trade and flipped Flip it over, it over in in the, the back, back's quote was something along the lines of, uh, "You know, all I have to say about this is we were on the trade, the back of the cover of the first one.
1: I probably would pick it up."
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a marketing thing,
1: <laughs> guys. I want y'all to have a merry Christmas.
3: How about I just have a Christmas?
1: No, I, <laughs> you're going to make a merry Christmas town. Oh, wait. He had homework. <laughs> yes, I was as, a a of, as a matter of fact, you did. Tell me. Uh, Tell me, Tim, about your homework.
3: Three things that made me smile this week. And think of puppies and flowers. Okay. Philosophy. Okay, well, uh, my my football team got their third win this year, which is one, one more point. than they got, got all last year. <laughs> so that's one. Um, let's see. That's about it. <laughs>
0: Velocity, skin tight costume.
3: Velocity, hotness, uh, early in the morning today was was nice. It was a nice way to wake up. Um,
1: and, <laughs> I, I, and that's painting and an image a, for me. <laughs>
3: right.
1: An image out of wood.
3: Yeah. Tough, tough, tough shit. That was that wasn't part of the homework.
1: Velocity in the little morning wood.
3: <laughs> yeah, and uh I, you know i I get to I get to spend another few hours with you guys, so that makes me smile.
1: look at that oh, <laughs> you're just a bring teddy bear, come on, bring it in, bring it in oh <laughs> tim that
0: was sweet.
1: He's my timmy bear.
0: I'm not gay or nothing, but I like to make love right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hey, you know if having sweet sweet love with another man makes you gay then, then hey, I'm gay, just saying. I'm pretty sure that that's a main requirement.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, everybody, you have a Merry, Merry, Festivus, Chris Mahana, Kwanzaa,
0: all that jazz. And next week, The Funnies, 2010, our annual, uh, our, (laughs) oops, our awards, our second award show uh, talking about the best and worst
1: in comics in 2010. God bless us, everyone. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.